I'm rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. <laughs> So for all that actually happened in this episode, this episode is supposed to be the culmination of 50 years of plans, and we do have the uh, you know, the syndicate, the group, the shadowy group being killed. We do have a lot of stuff happening. This week felt like about 45 monologues about the mythology of the X-Files, and both of these episodes I had to watch in 15-minute chunks and, just, and then just stop for a few minutes and take a break because this was a lot. Yeah, these are not good episodes, objectively speaking, and I don't normally say things like objectively speaking, because <laughs> we are talking about subjective art criticism, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but these are very, very strangely plotted episodes, because you're right, like, the monologues are just a lot. They're very extra, as the kids say, and... We have sort of made fun of the monologues on the X-Files sometimes. I like a good scene-chewing monologue as much as anyone else. I think that there are a lot of fine monologues in the show, and the show has a reputation uh, uh, you know, for, for doing that a lot. Yeah, but... But, like, we have diegetic monologues in these episodes <laughs> with the cigarette smoky man basically telling the story of the X-Files yeah, to... And- to his son, I think, and then no, we have, no, that like, was mul- that was to Diana. To, that was to Mimi Rogers. Uh, who the, who the, can the, remember exactly the point? Yeah, you know. And then we have nine diegetic monologues where Mulder is just thinking about how things are going, and uh, characters are like acting wildly out of character, I guess, because they need to get to a certain place. And Mulder really didn't believe in aliens for most of the fifth season until suddenly he does again. Because of the events of the movie, I guess. And it's just like, There's I a- don't know why they did this. I think that's kind of what it really comes what? down to for me is, and I'd be curious to get your reaction to this two-parter because you are a newbie to the X-Files because they build this up, right? They've built this yeah. huge elaborate scaffold you know, story structure for five and a half seasons, including a big budget movie. And then in the middle of the sixth season, for some reason, they just decide to yeah. stop. Like it, this episode is about four different things. Like in terms of the plot of this episode, I mean, if you tell me on paper, okay, all of these schemes that have happened since Roswell are coming to fruition. Uh, the experiments that they've been doing to create an alien-human hybrid have finally borne fruit, and this is the moment that we've all been waiting for. We've known that colonization is going to happen. It's about to happen. How can we stop it? I mean, that is a that is a big plot that you make a movie of, right? Like, that on paper sounds like what the movie would have been. Uh but it's not again it's not even a season finale i think is the funniest part like doesn't that seem the the break in between these two episodes almost seems like a season cliffhanger like is Mulder going to shoot or what's going to happen are they going to stop colonization or not and then this then the second part the one sun part being uh all right well it's a new season here's some level setting especially where it goes at the end of that it's as you said a weird thing to drop in the middle of the season but in a lot of ways, this seems to be the massive retcon slash summarization of everything. In other words, we've done a lot of bunch of stuff on this show that has gone nowhere and made no sense and was weird. And yet there is a lot of mythology that's useful. This seems to be defining what is canon of the X-Files mythology in a lot of ways. And that has the problems that any explanation on a show like this that it's in, that's inherent to that. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot to unpack there, but I I, I think that 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 first of all, it, it, two fathers and one son does do a pretty admirable job of tying together the most important quote unquote mm. bits of the mythology storyline that we have had over the past five and a half years. I mean, we have the return of purity control all the way back yeah. from the first season. We you know we have uh, uh, the return of the alien fetus from the first season. 
We yeah. have the return of Marita. We have the return of Krychek. You know, we, we we have the Black Oil. We have the the alien bounty hunters. Well, not the alien bounty hunters. We just we just have the the alien um, rebels in this episode. The Syndicate. You know, all these things. They they they're like very much explaining exactly what the yeah. plot of the X Files was, as you say. That's all fine. But I just fundamentally have to question why yeah. now. And I think that's the that's the question that I always struggle with with this two-parter is why are they doing this? Are 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 they bored with this? I I don't I don't get it. I mean the X-Files mythology has never been something that was planned. They never even pretended that it was planned like Babylon 5 for instance. But they weren't ending the show. Like they they knew that the show was going to continue to go on at least for another season. So so why stop it now? Like I mean, and the thing is, like, and I, yeah. I guess I, I struggle with this as well because I know what comes after this, and to be charitable about it, they don't really have anything to replace it yeah. that is at all interesting. I mean, it, so it, why if this was. Uh, again, if they're at the point where they've realized, okay, we've been spinning out this story, and now, now we have a huge internet fandom. Now we have a movie. Now we 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 want to take this story seriously, right? Like, so let's determine what it actually is. We'll put an episode that explains everything. That says, if you want to pay attention to the X Files mythology episodes, this is the primer. This is everything you need to know that's going to be important. But I don't get the sense that this is leading to a much more structured and uh, deliberately plotted show from here on out. Well, no. it's. It, I mean, and look, we're halfway through the sixth season of the yeah. show. This is not going to become a wildly different show all of a sudden. And I... Again, I just I don't know like why now. You know, like, I, I I don't. Yeah. I just I find I'm, that's what I struggle with. I don't get it. Like, why not just ride it out for another season? You know, Chris Carter said that originally he wanted to do seven seasons of the X Files, and so he kind of already knew that that was approaching. Obviously, because this is the sixth season, and Fox, you know, as I understand, to throw a bunch of money at him, and he decided to do it for another season or two, and he did. So it got nine seasons instead of seven, and the ratings had already started to plateau and then dip in the next season. So it's yeah. not like I mean, it's still a huge hit. I mean, like I think seventeen or eighteen million people watch these this episode, but you know, we're not talking about a show that is losing its audience or anything. Mm. I and mean, in a certain sense, I think it makes sense because the X Files has always been the type of show that. It it both respects its audience and has contempt for it, and I think that this is might just be some of Chris Carter and Frank Spotnitz thumbing their nose at the audience and saying, "Oh well, we had this giant movie. People watch the X Files for this mythology thing that we never even really intended it to be this important, yeah. and now we're just going to end it because we're bored with it." Is that possible? I, I don't know. I don't know, but are they ending it? It doesn't seem like they're ending it. If this was, okay, we're done with the alien plotline. We've gone as far with aliens as we've, we're going to get. And again, this is the era. Uh, the Matrix has come out at this point. What science fiction is talking about is having a sea change at this at right now. And so aliens are becoming passe. I can see the urge to end that and go on to the new thing. Uh, what that is, I don't know. Maybe, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Vampires. I mean, it's vampires. Vampires. Okay. You know, so now the, now the major thing becomes vampires on the X-Files and I can see the impulse to start another arc about vampires that's lasting a few seasons. And again, with the lessons of the past six years, one would hope that Chris Carter would have learned how to do it better from the first time. I know he doesn't, but let's we're, well, we're, 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 we're hoping for the best at this point. So, uh, you know, why not be charitable? Well, look, I mean, th- this is always a dangerous thing to do, but, but let's take the reality of the mythology storyline seriously for a moment. And just, I want to say this was the, not that the X-Files has not been hokey to a little degree for the, for its entire run, but holy shit, when you say it aloud, doesn't it sound so cheesy? Like, 
it, it this is not some this is not a storyline that holds up to monologuing about it because it sounds no, ridiculous. No. Every time when you have well, people talking about the alien fetus, I was cracking up and I'm not supposed to be cracking up during that part. This, this it's interesting you say that because this is something I was thinking about in sort of preparation for recording today is that the X-Files plot points and character beats have a strange they have a strange tendency to sort of like wipe themselves from my memory. And for me, I remember the X-Files as a sort of almost a sense memory experience, as sort of a dream experience. You know, I could tell you like what Picard was doing in season five of TNG. I could tell you the last time we saw the Dross sisters and all that kind of stuff. And like with the X-Files, like when Krychek appeared in this episode, I briefly was like, what the hell has he been doing? I honestly, I, I still could not tell you. I, I don't know. Like if you wanted me to explain to you or outline Krychek's life as we have seen it, I I would not be able to do it. I would say like, well, he was an FBI agent, but he was secretly working for the syndicate. And then they started hating him. So he got like, stuck in russia and now he's back working with them for some reason and i think that's right but you couldn't really tell me if that was right or not and so like a lot of this is just frustrating to me because i don't remember a lot of what was happening i mean i'm I'm just gonna have to be honest about that no but i mean and i I, I never will but like let's just spin this out like let 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 me just do a two-minute encapsulation of like what i what i understand the the whole like alien plan to be right so good another monologue yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> no. I'm gonna act like Maltin no, right no. We, we because I think it's important. This episode is making us. This episode desperately wants us to understand the plot. So if yeah. our under, if you through a few times over can't understand the plot, something's failed along the way. Yeah. So essentially, as I understand it, we have a group. The we'll call them the Greys, right? The the what well, the angry sure. as you call them. We'll, we'll call them the Greys. They're the ones that fly around in these flying, you know, saucer ships. One of them crash landed in Roswell, New Mexico. As the movie said, they are the in- original inhabitants of Earth or something. That we're we're already starting to get into territory that make, makes no sense. Um, they, I want to say the fact that that's not in this episode suggests that we don't have to pay attention to that. To me. <laughs> Well, no, they did say that, though, in this episode. They said something like they're coming back to reclaim the Earth. So, Right. Um, Anyway, so the aliens are the original inhabitants of Earth. Their gestation period is – their, like, original – I don't even know. I don't even know what to call it. Like, they're – there's an alien fetus, but they don't have a fetal development stage. But that doesn't even really matter. We'll we'll just leave that aside for now. So – the aliens are the original inhabitants of Earth, and then they decide to leave for thousands and thousands of years for reasons that remain unexplained, I guess, because they were getting attacked by cavemen or something. And uh, they they gestate, they spread themselves. Their their original you know form is, is this black oil stuff that gestates inside other organisms and then explodes out, and then they became become a little happy gray, right? Okay. All right. That's fine. I'm, I, I don't know if it completely makes sense, but we'll go with it. That's what we have here. And then they decide to come back and invade Earth. And they are some sort of like malevolent entity throughout the galaxy that is doing this to perhaps hundreds of other planets. They are colonizing the fuck out of every single habitable planet in the galaxy for reasons that we don't really know. And which some of that I like because it does make Earth feel small and cut off. So some of this can be explained away kind of okay. And then the syndicate happens and they strike a deal with the greys to what? Like to create to create alien humid hybrids of them and their family only so that they won't die and everyone else on earth will be like enslaved. And then there are these re- rebels that are fighting the greys that destroy the syndicate for reasons that I don't really understand. And so now colonization has stopped because the rebels have apparently won. The syndicate is dead, but Mulder and Scully are still around. So 
even if that makes sense to you, and I'm not saying it does, I don't see where this could go. And I I know that it can like I know it continues because I have seen yeah, the show yeah, before. Yeah. But this really does feel like an ending. And it's not a good one because it seems very abrupt and I don't know where else it's going to go. Does that make sense? Well, so much of the plot then seems to be happening outside of the scope of the characters because, like, okay, my understanding, Roswell happens and everybody, oh, how are we going to deal with the fact that there's aliens now? The aliens want to take over. Okay, so terms of surrender are that we'll we'll create the we, – we will – be peaceful as a planet, but let us and our families go, and in return, we'll hybridize something or other. Um, you'll take over the planet. Everything will be – now, number one, this totally misses the point that being one of at most a couple of hundred humans in a world of evil aliens is probably like the worst thing. Like why would you ever – agree to that but <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be super fun for anyone i mean uh g- granted right now the rich are strip mining the planet for resources and elon musk is leading them into space where all the pores will just live on a dying earth so you know i mean to me that's what the x-files is about but different story um yeah e- either way so the syndicate is destroyed and that would seem to me like, from the aliens' view, there's nobody left to bargain with, so why not begin colonization right now? As a, it, it, Like, it seemed like the syndicate's agreement and the aliens' willingness to abide by that re- agreement was the only reason that colonization didn't happen 50 years ago. And right. So- and, and also, I, I, don't, I don't really understand why the alien rebels would even care about the syndicate. They... You know, if we take this as they are some sort of like guerrilla terrorist fighting force yeah. that is going around destroying the institutions of colonization, like okay, but but the the existence or non-existence of the syndicate has no yeah. bearing on when colonization would happen because you're right, like as you said, if the syndicate doesn't exist, they were the only cork in the bottle that was preventing colonization yeah. from spilling out. So now that they're gone, why wouldn't the aliens just colonize the Earth? Yeah, it didn't seem like the aliens needed the hybrids for their goals. They just needed the hybrids because, all right, well, it's going to be a lot easier to colonize this planet if the leadership does this. And hence the plan with the bees and the black oil and all of that stuff and obviously the syndicate has a plan for how globally everybody's going to be infected with this but again the fact that the aliens have done this to other planets suggests to me that okay if this doesn't work out we'll go to plan b i mean number one we have to believe that the aliens who are this desperate to get control of earth this isn't something they're doing on a whim this is a long-term plan that they are very fucking serious about that they don't have a plan B. I mean, that makes that 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 that's what you're telling me. And number two, uh, that suggests that the rebels have one completely, and so that that implies a lot of offstage battles that the show doesn't even seem to recognize are existing, or is not at all interested in what's going on there. And so, irrespective, so are none of our heroes or villains had any bearing on what happened. And I, yeah, and I, I agree with all of that. And I, I, I think that primarily what, what makes this so unsatisfying and what makes this, I mean, frankly, so uninteresting to, to critically examine is that, or the story itself, not necessarily how they're implementing yeah, yeah. it or how they're telling it, because I think that's very interesting to, to critically examine, is that I wish that we had never actually seen an alien. I wish that we had never actually maybe even met the syndicate. You know, I I, I, I always criticize you for going down a road of, of fixing episodes, but I, I do think that this is a fundamental structural problem with the television show The X-Files. And I think it would have been more interesting if they had just poked around at the edges of this and maybe never really came to any conclusions about what exactly was going on. I, I fund, I mean, this has all the markings of a story that developed over a few years 
that was being worked on by a variety of writers that eventually died down to be Chris Carter and Frank Spotnitz. That's not really a good way to tell a story, and it's not really a good way to tell a story that makes any sense whatsoever. I, I think that, I mean, the mythology does get... It, 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 the mythology has an importance in the X-Files that I think is not warranted. If, if the X-Files was all mythology episodes, there is no way in hell that I ever would have suggested that we do this on Tuning In. That would not have been interesting to me in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but we do have to grapple with the fact that even leaving aside all of the things about this particular storyline and this particular plot not making a whole lot of sense, I don't think that I think the the I, I think that the 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 uh, I think the attempt to tie it up into some sort of neat bow was even more of a bad decision, and. I frankly think that a lot of the characters that we have come to know and love in this show come across as stupid in these two episodes. The the mythology works at its best when it's working archetypally. Like, you talk about, I don't know what's going on with Krychek's life. To me, that almost doesn't matter because Krychek is more important for what he represents. Fine, okay. And... Mulder and Scully are more more important for what they represent in terms of a search for the truth and all of that. And when the mythology episodes are at their best, that's how the characters are working. Even if they are slightly different in conception than we've seen them, it's because they are letting the, the archetypes take over. And in this, it doesn't seem the archetype work is nearly as strong as it needs to be, if that makes sense. I no, I agree with you, and I I, I I think that these what this two part is trying to do in a lot of ways is to to work on a metaphorical level and to really sort of mirror uh, um, the cigarette smoking man who who we now know is is possibly named CBG Spender, which stands um, for cigarette goking ban. Yeah, and and Mulder's father and uh, t- frankly speaking, I, I I don't know if it works. You know, I. I the character of Spender, Jeffrey Spender, not yes. not CBD Spender, is a character that I don't think was well served by the show. I don't think no. that the show was at a place where it could really introduce this type of character and serve this type of character well. The the show maybe could have done that a lot better a couple of seasons ago, but right now it's not that show. It's much more interested in giving us uh, you know, a series of comedy episodes than it is in, in sort of like diving into the reality of who Jeffrey Spender is. And yeah. I appreciate his change of heart in this episode, and I think it does come across as earned. It comes across as believable. Yeah. But the end of this episode should have been Kirsch deciding to reopen the X-Files instead of the cigarette smoking man in the X-Files office shooting a character that we frankly don't care about. And because this was the first time I really liked Spender and I felt like finally all of Spender is being paid off because I see Spender and Scully as, as, as on different stages of a journey that Mulder had started. In other words, Mulder started up that somebody who was had a conventional FBI career began to see some stuff that didn't add up for him, began to question these edges, and began to understand and believe. And when, when we first meet Scully, she is somebody who has a very good career in the, in the FBI, who is doing very well. She doesn't believe any of this, but then she begins to see things that don't add up. And in this episode, she is the one who is coming with evidence and saying, this is this. I understand this. This is what's going on. There are aliens. Something is happening. And Spender is at the beginning of that journey now. He starts off as a promising FBI agent, and we are seeing him finally at the part where things aren't adding up, and he is making that step. I mean, this is something that has been inherent in... Spender could have gone either way. Spender was either going to be uh, going along the lines of his father and become the guy who takes all of these secrets and has all of this secret power and is doing this for this reason. He could be a Krychek, somebody who is using his power for his own agenda, whatever that may be. 
but he is because but he is finally seen enough that he has to be on Mulder's side. He has to ally himself with Mulder. He, I mean, I think it's hilarious all the times in this episode that uh, the cigarette man keeps saying, "My son betrayed me. My son was not loyal to me." When, well, who is he gonna be loyal to? The woman who raised him, or you, who's not been in his life at all? Like you've given him nothing. You've been like that's almost comical how much of a lack of understanding of other people at the very end of the day the cigarette man has and i found it very powerful that uh jeff spender finally sees the truth i mean because the show conflates good and the truth and i like that at the end of the day spender is actually a good guy he is a good good agent he is not that careerist guy he will go forwards towards the truth he was just an antagonist because he had no reason to believe this. And if they are they truly wanted to end this alien arc and colonization is done, there is still enough weird shit going on in the world in America that as we've seen in this. And Spender could be a sometime ally on that. We could sure he's not gonna be every on every so often, but you know, they're hunting a Bigfoot and Spender comes along on that. I would watch that episode. I would be very and, and- interested in that episode. Yeah, and and I think as Mulder's animating force, his his driving force to work on the X Files was the disappearance of his sister. You know, in a, in a similar way, Jeffrey Spender's change of heart and his 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 animating force to work on the X Files could have been the death of his mother. And it it's such a missed opportunity, and it's such. I mean, it makes me worried for the show, frankly. Like. Because at every point in this two-parter, I can just see the writers making the, you know, the, the, making yeah. the bad decision, making the wrong decision, and making the easy decision. Yeah, making the easy decision. Yeah, they're not they're not making the hard they're not doing the hard work of deciding what actually is 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 true to the show as it is developed and is true to these characters, and it feels lazy. It feels like. Yeah, I think that's really fundamentally what it gets down to is that it feels like they don't want to do the work. It feels like they got stuck and they can't figure out a way to make the syndicate work anymore. So they just get rid of them. They don't want to deal with Jeffrey Spender anymore. So they just get rid of him, you know, and and I and and what, what's more galling about it is like Jeffrey Spender was only introduced like 12 episodes ago, you know, and, and maybe they had all this planned. I don't know. I, I mean, I tend to doubt it, but it's possible that they did. But but that almost makes it worse in a way because we spent time with a character that that fundamentally didn't matter and I I find the the small the the small worldness of the X Files to not necessarily be a problem because this is the story they want to tell yeah. they want to tell a story of how uh, uh you know Mulder's father and the cigarette smoky man. We're we're at professional and personal odds, and the cigarette smoking man is just basically amused to keep Mulder around because he was the the son of a man that he used to work with and respect. And now Jeffrey Spender, his son, is in on it, and et cetera, et cetera. And here go the two paths. Yeah, and this you know, and this whole like idea of this huge disagreement that Mulder's father had with the rest of the syndicate back in 1973 about whether or not to, to resist colonization. It just, it just comes across as like, so what, you know, none of this is landing on an emotional level. And the fact that they are pairing off so much and killing off these characters and such, that makes it harder to th- – this is something that I have – having gone through television of the 2000s and 2010s, it's hard to start caring about living characters once characters start getting killed because everybody is dead man walking. Like that was the joke about Lost in the Sopranos, for example. Like after a while, you knew anybody could die, so what's the point of getting attached to any of these characters? And – I mean, the show regrets very – I'm very surprised that Deep Throat doesn't appear at all in this episode because the show really regretted killing him off. The amount of times that Deep Throat appeared <laughs> in other sequences showed that they regretted getting rid of that character. Um, that is actually yeah, – that's actually a really good point. Why isn't he in this two-parter? Yeah. Um, uh, my other who's missing from the two-parter, where is that kid? The chess kid. 
Oh, who cares? Well, but I mean, you know, I I know he's a stupid plot point, but but hear me out. He was introduced as absolutely vital to – he's the key to the X-Files and stuff, and that was less than a year ago, right? Like that was less than a year ago that he was introduced. Um, And the fact that in the episode that summarizes everything, he doesn't appear suggests that, again, they're jettisoning him already. That that does – I don't know if he appears again or not, but – his absence was very blatant to me. Well, yes, but at this point, are you surprised that attention to detail and follow through are not strong suits of Chris Carter and Frank Spotnitz? Like, no, no, I'm not surprised about it. But I think what's more, more of what it means is how glaring it's starting to become because the attention to detail hasn't quite mattered as much because what was going on was cool and interesting and and whatever and. Well, there I isn't mean, enough to back it up, and so the intention to detail becomes very obvious. I'm less charitable to it. I, yeah, no, I agree with that, but I, 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 I think that that this is the time to say that don't expect anything from the mythology no. episodes that going forward. Like, like they are not fun. They are not interesting. They are not. They're sort of actively disrespectful to the show. After this, I, I don't. I I wish they had just stopped it, doing them after this episode. They don't, of course, because that's how they do. I mean, that's the X-Files. But it is just the case that I don't think they were very interested in this anymore. And I think that's why they did it. And I think they tried to wrap it up as best they yeah. could. And then they wanted to do something else with the show, and it just didn't happen because Fox threw a bunch of money at Chris Carter, and yeah. he did the show for two more seasons than than he thought he was going to. You know, I don't know, and and it's, yeah, I mean, what like I guess at every it's, moment it just it just makes the easy choice, as you said, or the, or even the disappointing choice. Like, you know, we have a reappearance of. Scully and Diana Fowler's weird catty relationship with each other, which is something that I really never wanted to see again. Yeah. And now it's revealed that she was a sleeper agent the whole time or something. I I don't know. And I mean, I thought they were going, I, I, uh, the scene at the very end when she and the cigarette smoking man are looking at each other, I thought they were going to hug or something and it was going to be real. They were married the whole time. Like, I thought, th- I mean, this episode had gone to such a place where I thought that that was the reveal they were about to do. So, look, this is soap opera plotting, right? And, and, which, which is fine. Fun. I, I don't, yeah, it can be fun. I, wa- I watch Game of Thrones. It is not a good television show. I'm sorry, but it is very entertaining. It's a fantasy soap opera, but, like, but this is not entertaining. I don't care about this triangle. If if I'm going to see soap opera cheese, I have to be invested in the triangle on screen. I want to know. I am in no way worried. I mean, maybe that's it. I am in no way worried for the strength of Mulder and Scully's relationship. So this, the triangle no. is a waste of time. No, and I and I think that that fundamentally speaking, that is a large part of why this these this two parter is so weird. Is that it really, in some places, feels like the show is actively trying to be as as meta and surreal as possible. And but it's but I but I'm never sure if it is if it is or not. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's that scene in in one of the episodes. I, I don't remember which one where. Scully is at the Lone Gunman and she calls Mulder and Mulder comes and she's like, I have evidence that Diana Fowler is working with the syndicate and she's behind everything. And they spit out this stuff and you're like, okay, I went to Tunisia once too. What of it? And Mulder is very, very unimpressed with it to a degree which almost feels like the show is fucking with the audience (laughs) because he would at least listen to Scully, right? Like this is not... I mean, this is not written by Vince Gilligan, so Vince Gilligan, you know, this is not an episode where, where Mulder is going to be actively uh, disrespectful to Scully. But then, like, he goes to Diana and she basically, like, says, no, I'm not working with the syndicate, wink, <laughs> wink. And he's like, okay, cool, I believe you. Let's go to the Air Force base and let's just do what? And... I don't believe it. I don't believe that Mulder would, like, abandon Scully. Number one, let's reverse. Let's imagine that scene as Diana comes to Mulder and says, 
Scully has been working against you with this entire time. Here's some reports she did about you, and she has all this evidence. I could see Mulder having that reaction about Scully because Scully has earned his trust, and no matter what she's done, like you don't don't try to turn Mulder against her. He she she he has her back one hundred percent. He's gonna think you're ridiculous, and everything is circumstantial, which is. But that's not who he's doing it for. He's doing the exact opposite. You're right. It is a betrayal of that character almost. And I mean, and I, I think, think. I mean, I think that 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 to me crystallizes exactly the the issues with like season six X Files is that all of these characters that have been introduced in the past, you know, half a year or whatever, Diana Fowler, Spender, Kirsch, et cetera, et cetera, like. I don't think the show is interested in them as people, Hmm. as characters with emotional internal lives and thoughts and feelings of their own and opinions. Like, they are plot points. They are vehicles to get the plot across. They are ways in which Mulder and Scully are going to be at odds with each other for no reason. And it just feels like a fundamentally different approach to writing characters than The X-Files has. I mean, The X-Files got very lucky with expanding out its secondary cast with Skinner and Krychek yeah. and Deep Throat and The Cigarette Smoking Man. But I was always I always believed that I mean, maybe not Krychek, but Krychek is just great for other reasons. Like, yeah. But I always believed that they did have an internal life and emotions of their own. I don't know. What like what does Kirsch want out of life? What does he do on his off time? I have no fucking idea. What does Diana Fowler do? She fucking looks like she lives in a hotel. She, uh, I, I think she was in the Watergate building. If I, if I saw the note right, <laughs> which, um, yeah, like, like, like we knew what what Skinner's life was, and we knew that Skinner's life was fairly sad and empty. We knew that, for example, I mean, we we learn about his situation with his ex-wife and all of that, but we also get the sense he and Mulder, their lifestyles are not very different. They're not going home to an apartment that they love, and they're not washing their dog, and they are not um, having fun time. They are not do they are having a meal for one out at a diner and they are going home and watching porn and falling asleep and i feel like i need to just interject here for a moment and and, and reiterate to the audience that watching your dog is not fun i mean kirsch could very easily be going home to his loving wife and his family and having a great meal and having a great time and, and they go out on weekends and they have like like he could be just a happy family man all the time, or he could be a swinging bachelor who is, you know, going to clubs all the time, who is, I mean, he could just be all of those things. And I, I don't know if the fact that he's a blank slate helps it or not to a degree. The fact that he is such a cipher means he's just, he's, he's a wall. Because that what that is what his function is in the plot right now. He is not somebody that Mulder and Scully are ever going to be friends with. Are ever going to have right. a funny? They are not going to share a jokey camaraderie with him ever. They are not going. He is never going to tell them an amusing anecdote about something his kids said. Like that is not going to happen. And to a degree, that works for those kind of a things, but. It doesn't seem like it is trying to elicit the same sympathy that it used to for its characters. I mean, certainly certainly we have had a lot of sympathies for Skinner. We like Skinner. We like um, Agent Pembroke. Poor Agent Pembroke, right? Um, The Lone Gunman. We love the Lone Gunman. I mean, they're still fun and exciting. And, uh, I mean, this is a show that had memoirs of a cigarette-smoking man, right? Like, that w- the, it, it, it made us feel sadness and pity for the most powerful and evil and cold character on the show. I mean, that was an amazing episode for that reason, and this is not that show anymore. It's not. I mean, it, a lot of it feels a little mean spirited. I mean, I, I think about Marita's appearance in the in this oh episode and how God, she's just like yeah. basically the hunchback of Notre Dame. And what? What? Wait, where did where did she? What? When? When did we last see her? 
I believe we last saw her when the syndicate kidnapped her and was essentially using her to experiment, the, you know, to use as a, a vaccine experiment. Um, so, so I guess the implication is that she has been in captivity in this Air yeah. Force base or wherever the hell they were for a while. But yeah, I don't know. And, and it's, it's sad, right? Like it's just sad. And, and I don't know if that's the last we've seen of her. Cause I honestly don't remember, although I think she's in the show for a while. Um, like it just it just feels very mean spirited. Like we yeah. don't actually care about Marita. We are just going to use her as a plot point to get across exactly how terrible the syndicate is. And you know, meanwhile, Jeffrey Spender is like, we have to help this woman. We have to get her out of here. And Krychek is like, ha ha, I'm evil. Look at me twirling my mustache. You know, and it's all fine. But what is it telling us about any of these characters? I feel like this was a very sociopathic delicate. A decade in television and media and stuff. I mean, that kind of very cruel humor became very popular at this time. And yeah, in 2018, it reads as a woman got tortured because fuck her. And yeah, that's hard to see. It is. is, Well, yes, it is hard to see unless you're an incel. Um, And I guess we would be remiss if we did not talk about Scully because I think fundamentally speaking, a lot of what I find so disappointing about about this two-parter, about the wrap-up of the mythology, if you can call it that, is that, well, a couple things. So, So number one, of course, is that Scully is in a very, very unlikable place and i don't mean that she is unlikable i mean i don't like where the show puts her sometimes where she becomes this stereotypically catty woman who is just not just is unhappy with the existence of diana fowler because i don't know she and Mulder used to fuck which is like no thank you and yeah. then she's running around and she's being all sad sacky and Mulder's not listening to her and she's telling him things like look if i have no personal investment in this i have no reason to stay because um you know I, i'm not in the i'm we're not in the fbi anymore we're not in the x files i have no professional reason to care about any of this so if you are telling me that you no longer care about me on a personal level like i'll see you dude and Mulder has absolutely no reaction to any of that and it's just like i don't want to see the show torturing scully this show has become really adolescent i mean it was never Maybe I don't know if it was ever the most sophisticated of shows, but it was. It just. I mean, let's let's remember this is a show that a a running gag is Mulder's interest in porn. So no, it's not. Never (laughs) been the most sophisticated show. Like, I, I can't. And the only way that I could describe it is the show has rapidly lost its cool. I mean, that's the closest way I. Because I was not embarrassed to watch season two or three X-Files. I'm a little embarrassed to be watching the X-Files at this point. Not completely. And I know it's going to get worse, but that's where this is starting to go. Like, okay, this is is the way you tell stories. All right. Like, you, you, you... It hasn't moved on, no. And, and again, a lot of this is that we are about to see television change at this point. The X-Files might simply have just too much in its DNA that's 1993 to evolve into the form that television is about to evolve into. I mean... Yeah, but I mean, is that is that a fair criticism, though? Because one of the things that you've always said, and I've agreed with you, is that you like the episodic nature of the X-Files. And that- but but, 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 but the, this is not episodic X-Files. That's the okay, problem. Okay, fair enough. I, I mean, the, the the problems I have had with episodic X Files lately has been has been tone in some ways, and I mean, like Dreamland was just not a great episode. But on stuff like Triangle, or um, I I really liked Rain King, and uh, yeah. the, you know, the, the last week uh, SR whatever and Typhus were great episodes. Those were the shows can still do very good episodic stuff. Maybe it's going to have more misses than hits on it, but that is not a criticism of the episodic nature. And this – I am talking specifically about the mythology episodes. The show 
wants to be more than – the show needs to evolve its form of storytelling because this isn't enough anymore. I mean even stuff like Buffy has happened at this point and that's a damn sight better structured than The X-Files has ever been. And it's not measuring up and it's just going to get worse and worse in this method of storytelling. So if it – I mean – this, I think, is the theme of our episode today. If it wants to keep doing this mythology stuff, it has to get better at it. If not, it can get rid of it. Have this be the end. Be done with it. By my mythology episodes, we've given it a capper, but it's not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's very locked into into being yeah. the X Files, and I think that you know, for for a show which which took so many risks, I think in the first few seasons. It's become, mm. uh, you know, I, I don't want to say it's become safe because it hasn't, but it's just, you know, it's a show that's been on for six years. And yeah. I don't think many shows should go on for this long. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's an interesting experience because, like, I'm, you know, we record these a few weeks ahead of time. So so I just watched the, the penultimate episode of the americans which is a show that almost no one watched in comparison with the x-files i mean the the ratings for the the americans has been dropping each and every season i think something like three hundred thousand people uh watch each new episode now which is pretty much a rounding error in the nielsen's um but it's a really 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 well done show but i don't think that in terms of like, the Americans didn't go on too long, right? Like, this is the sixth season of the show. Okay. It had 13 episodes a season. Yeah. Like, the last season has six has 10 episodes. So, it like, it's just, it's too much. And I think this is something that we get back to a lot. And this is something that a lot of television writers would say. Even someone like Ryan Murphy, right? There was this really, really great profile piece on Ryan Murphy in The New Yorker um, a couple of months ago. Uh, at When You're Hearing This. It just came out a couple of weeks ago for me. And it talks about, you know, how he really developed his... His, his media empire in, in a lot of ways. And it was something that was really interesting that he said where he basically outright said, you know, yeah, Glee sucked a lot of the time because we were making too many episodes. Mm. You get to this point at like episode 14 or 15 and you have nothing left to say, but you have to make seven more episodes. And, and, yeah, a lot. A lot of the problems with the X Files, I think, are due to that. You know, I'm not necessarily saying that I would want to wipe out half of each season of the X Files because, as a thought experiment, it might be interesting. But I think that the X Files is definitely a show that's more than the sum of its parts, and so it's difficult to say that like it would be a good idea to do that because I don't think it would be. But I also think that it is not. It, it, it's not contradictory to say that even though shows like the X-Files can transcend the form that they are in, it doesn't mean that 95% of television writers could do that. And even the X-Files couldn't do it forever. Yeah. They're basically outrunning, they're outrunning a bullet and, and the bullet is starting to catch up with them. Yeah. I mean, this isn't the first show that, we could, if we were making a how to view this, you would go through episode by episode and say, keep, discard, keep, discard. Like, next generation. If we were to do next generation again, I'm sure we would go through our list. Most of season one or two would be cut out of that. Towards season four through four and five would have most of the season, sure. But we would go episode by episode, and it would just be a case of... Some of the episodes sucked. Some were really good. It's the nature of having that much television. Um, we would do it, we could do that to the X Files, and while there would be plenty of Monster of the Week stuff cut, I feel like we're gonna be we would be cutting a shitload of mythology stuff, and it's almost like I I mean it's weird. What gave this the X Files a lot of its identity was this mythology stuff. That was what made it different. That was, if you want to call it a gimmick, that was the gimmick of the X-Files, that it was doing this uh, elaborate story spun out over seasons, which was something that most or all television did not do at the time. And we're at, again, we're at the point where it's holding it back. It almost feels like, well, if we cut out the mythology stuff, what is the X-Files? We don't have the X-Files anymore. We don't have what makes us unique. And... 
Um, I don't know. It, it, here we have a weird now lack of confidence that they feel like if they just did episodic, people would hate it. So we have to keep the mythology so we'd still know. And it's getting sad and tired at this point. It's getting sad and tired. And I also think that, that it's, it's, you know, to sort of wrap back around to, to the broad themes of, of this episode, it's just disappointing that the much lauded and much touted final wrap up of the syndicate era of the mythology and sort of the start of a new chapter in, in, you know, sort of the long form storytelling of the X files is, is so like, it's not even bad. It's just not with a bang, but a whimper. Yeah. it, It just, it has no vitality to it. And it really does feel like, I mean, in a certain sense, it makes sense that they made the the decision to end here because it's obviously it's obvious that they're tired of telling this story and they want to be done with it. So why not? Um, but it's also just really sad that this is what the mythology has has come to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but... the show still has a lot of life left in it. And the show still does a lot of good stuff. But yeah, it's 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 starting like you know it just it basically like it just got diagnosed with cancer like it's not <laughs> not saying that it's going to die tomorrow or anything like that but it's going to be a rough ride for a while yeah i i i i have felt that from season season 6 has been something clicking over that said, next week uh, is one of my favorite Vince Gilligan episodes of the oh, entire series. So. But then, but but again, I will still look forward to Monster of the Week episodes from here on out because yes, there are going to be some stinkers, but some are going to be really good. And... and I will, and I will just say that one of my favorite Vince Gilligan episodes ever was also co-written by one John Sheeban. So. <gasps> You never know what the X-Files is going to give you. All right. Well, I think that's it for Two Fathers and One Son. That's it for this era of the mythology. If you have any thoughts, please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at tuninginshow.com. We have a Patreon. This show is supported by you, the listener. If you like what we do and want to financially support us, there are many costs associated with bringing this podcast to you each and every week as well as our other podcast, Trek About. Please go to patreon.com slash trekaboutshow and give now. One of the perks you may be interested in is the $5 a month reward tier. That will give you one extra podcast a month on various topics of our choosing. The one that we just released for July was on the movie JFK. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are there. Tuning in show is our username in all those places. And as always, you can leave us an Apple podcast review and Richard, why should they do that? Uh, because it's the best way of getting new. We're doing Jeff K. Yeah. You forgot about that. Yeah. What a surprise. (laughs) Get ready for that. (laughs) All right. Next week, we're done with the mythology for another little while. At least, uh, we're going to be talking about Agua Mala and Monday. Mac. Why do you, (laughs) 